Hi, welcome to My Favorite Haunting, the podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Ames. It's episode 56. 56. Pick up sticks. I don't oh, want to do that. It goes with 56. I'm going to have to, but. 56, yeah. grab your crucifix. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Do you know what that's from? Do you know what that's from? Did you know those movies were based on True Story? Wait, do you know what movie I'm talking about? Um, yes. Wait. Well, oh, crap. Brain fart. Nine, ten, never sleep again. What is this? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Oh, my God. I don't know, man. Your best friend status might be about to drop right now. <laughs> One, two, something. Uh, Freddie. Freddie, I was, doing, oh I was doing the hand motion with the claw things, and I... Still, I was. I really was. I couldn't. I couldn't think of his name. <sighs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Come on. <laughs> We're all gonna have to take your word for it because there's no video. No, there isn't. <laughs> Anyways, hi. It's episode fifty-six. Yes. <laughs> um, those movies were based on a true story, which I didn't really? know. Like what? Some madman was running around people's dreams, killing them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, obviously it didn't actually happen. <laughs> Johnny Depp was not actually sucked into a mattress <laughs> and then, which then spewed forth a fountain of blood. Um, I forget where it was something I came across while I was like Googling for, for places to do for this podcast. And I was like, Hmm, I wonder how many horror movies are actually like inspired by a true story because <laughs> You know, none of them are actually accurate or very few. Yes. Um, they're entertainment. They're embellished. That Logic tracks. That's fine. But um, I want to say it was like Indonesia or somewhere. There were several men. I'll have to Google it for like the real details because it was something I just glimpsed at. And I was like, oh, shit, that's interesting. Several men had these like super duper intense nightmares that scared them to death in their sleep. Wow. Like back in the 70s maybe were they on something <laughs> i don't know and i don't know like why i i didn't look for further details mm-hmm. i'll have to i'll have to look into that because it, it was something that i like kind of earmarked to come back to later yeah i don't know the circumstances behind it i don't know like were they all related did they all go through a shared trauma i don't i have no mm-hmm. idea but it was like there were a couple of them or several and they just had really bad nightmares that ultimately i guess you know if you're scared hard enough like a heart attack or whatever i guess so, yeah and they died wow yeah isn't that nuts uh and then that was the inspiration for freddy Krueger. so yeah i hope i never have one of those that would be uh... a nightmare that kills you <laughs> yeah i hope i never have that also yes either i also hope to never experience that there you go i can do words i just i yeah i have no words now because that was just like bizarre that just blew your mind a little bit it was already half blown already (laughs) just blew it the rest of the way this took a turn hey how's life in the world of mel what have you been up to this last uh this last time frame that since we've spoken (laughs) the cat is no longer living under the house so there's that what happened 
So, um... Is the cat still living yes, somewhere? the cat is still living. Okay. Just not under the house. Yeah, just okay. not under the house. Those are both good things. So, yeah, the hole it was getting in, it really just got, like, flooded with melt from the roof, and then it froze in, so it was just, like, a solid block of ice over there. Oh, baby. But we do have, like, a little area that has a sub pump to get excess water out from under the house and it has one of those covers like um, basement windows can have over them. We just removed that because we were checking on the pump and then I, I had a bright idea. Why don't we just leave that open and see if the cat will get out by itself and then we can cover it back up and he won't be under there anymore. It took a couple tries because um, we had to close it up at night when it got really cold so the sub pump pipes wouldn't freeze to Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it could keep doing its job but like sometimes we'd leave it open the cat would go out and we'd see footprints going back in <laughs> so it, it took a couple of tries a but i saw he went out and he went straight to the shed under the shed where the bunnies like to live and uh i'm thinking he went to get a bunny dinner <laughs> oh hippity hoppity hippity hoppity dinner's on its way <laughs> but yeah then uh closed it up and no more cat yellowing under the house, so he's out. That's a good thing. Yes. I haven't seen footprints around the house either, so... Do you still have snow? Because mine's gone. Well, now, yeah. It's been, it's been a while <laughs> since he's been It out. has been a while. We're doing this monthly now, right? Yeah. Fucking COVID, man. <laughs> Speaking of fucking COVID. <laughs> so, I have cat news. My poor boy. Hmm. <laughs> My poor boy. So, I had to travel last week. Not for anything fun, um, but something that needed to be done. And I think this was my first. <laughs> had to, I think this was my first time going to Florida that I didn't actually go to any of the. I didn't go to Disney. I didn't go to Universal. It was so <laughs> weird. I was only there for two nights. No, I'm sorry. I was there for one night. And I'm not going to discuss the details here. It's something personal and something very serious that needed to be done. Everything is okay now. So if you know, don't. No one has to worry. Um, but because it's Florida mm-hmm. and we live in New York, two very, very different states. So I, even though I was gone, the rule is less than 24 hours. I think you still have to be – no, you don't have to show a test, but you have to – you still have to quarantine. But I was gone for like 26 hours. Oh. <laughs> so I had to have a negative COVID test ready to present at the airport when I got off the plane and I have to quarantine for two weeks. And they told me I'd have to do daily check-ins, but nobody has contacted me about that. So whatever. <laughs> um, but anyways, so while I was gone, because Henry has, you know, he needs shots twice mm-hmm. a day, I had to put them in a kennel. Mm-hmm. I've never boarded them before. I've never boarded them before. Usually it's like you popping in or um, or the last couple of times I've hired somebody to pop in to like make sure they have food and water and everything and they're still alive. But he, with his meds and everything, I was uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. So um, my vet recommended a couple of places and there was one uh, not far from here and they had, uh, I guess they do mostly dogs. They don't get cats a lot, but they have like... The cats get, like, their own actual room, and they get, like, pamper time <laughs> and all this special stuff, and they were fucking spoiled. <laughs> so we think that – so and another layer to this is because I'm quarantining, mm-hmm. right? I'm a weekend right now. I've got another week to go. I can't go anywhere. I can't leave the mm-hmm. house. That'll be the time somebody goes to check on me, and I'm not – like, that's my luck. <laughs> that's how my life yeah. goes. So I'm like, I'm not – 
you know, and like I've been careful this whole time. Like I've made it a year into this bullshit. So I'm not going to flout the rules now, right? You know, and the last thing I want to do, like if I get sick, I'll, prob- I'll probably be okay. It'll suck. But, you know, I definitely don't want to be spreading that shit to other mm-hmm. people. So I'm doing what I have to do. But that also means that I can't, my poor boy, I can't take him mm. anywhere. Oh, funny. <laughs> And last night he started with this awful, like, explosive diarrhea that I can hear him in the litter box from the other side of the house. Like, that's (laughs) how bad it is. And this poor guy, this – so last – like, so yesterday I texted you saying, like, oh, can we push a little bit because I have to call the vet, like, first thing Mm -hmm. in the morning. Um, And that was why because I already knew that something was wrong. And then this morning when we woke up, he was – sometimes he likes to just go sit in the bathroom. (laughs) on the rug like on the throw rug like that's just a thing they both do it because they're both weirdos he'll do it in my bathroom which there's no litter box mm-hmm. in there and he just hangs out in there i don't know why but he just hangs out in there so this morning i went into the bathroom and he was sitting there and i was like oh my god you scared the shit out of me first of all because i didn't know you were in here and <laughs> you know second what are you doing and he stood up and he's just looking at me with this face that was like so Aww. like he looked guilty And he stood up and he had been sitting in like a puddle and he was probably upset that like he had an accident on the rug. Like, I'm sure that's why he was upset. And I'm just like, oh my God, honey. So like I cleaned him up and cleaned the rug and everything. And then, so anyways, after talking to the the vet office, we think he may have picked up a bug from the kennel. Like nothing else makes Mm -hmm. sense. And she's fine. Hmm. But, you know, he's old, yeah. so he's probably a little bit more susceptible to some of those things. But my poor boy, I was so worried. I'm like, I can't take him anywhere. So the vet, is, she's like, oh, well, we can give you like a gastrointestinal antibiotic or whatever. So I've got somebody swimming by to pick that up for me to leave it on my doorstep because <laughs> I can't go anywhere. And I just, the whole time I'm just like, I really hope it's not – I really hope it's something stupid and I don't have to take him like to the hospital or something because – I can't. And, it, you know, there's no ambulance service for cats. There should be. Why isn't that Aww. a thing? There totally should be. <laughs> so, oh, baby. yeah, my poor boy. He's by this poor guy, man. And he's not even, like, he's old, but he's not super old. Like, he's 14, mm-hmm. you know? He, it's not like he's, like, 20. But, like, as soon as he started with the diarrhea, my first, like, panic was, oh, my God, this is it. He's got days left. Uh-huh. <laughs> And he doesn't. He's going to be fine. He's, and like, he's acting fine otherwise. Mm. But he does not like having his butt wiped for oh. him. He does not like having his paws wiped off. These are very upsetting things to him. He fights me harder on that than he does when I, like, prick his ear for his mm. glucose level. Or stab him in the thigh. Like, he's accepted those things. But try to help him clean his own butt. And he's like, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, he insists on burying his face in his sister's butt to help her clean. <laughs> which I'm just like could you not because I know that you're then going to try to put that tongue on my body somewhere and I'm not okay with that (laughs) cats man well yeah so that's what's going on in our neck of the woods (laughs) cats cats and cats and COVID and cats cats and COVID cats and COVID COVID cats COVID cats I feel like that's we could make that a song (laughs) cats and COVID cats and COVID cats and COVID it's a club beat right (laughs) start bumping and grinding Put some strobe lights up. <laughs> cats and COVID, cats and COVID, cats and COVID. Probably going to hear that later and, like, curse myself out. <laughs> Why would you do that? It's not funny. It's annoying. Yeah, after having to listen to it, like, ten times. <laughs> exactly. 
so cats, COVID, and ghosts. Which one should we discuss next? Ghosts. I support that decision. Uh, you're up, slugger. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm first. Okay. You are. So I did the Calcasieu Courthouse in Lake Charles, Louisiana. I couldn't find a whole lot of history on the building itself. The ghost activity and who they think the ghost is is quite fascinating. So I thought I'd just share it anyway. Who are the vampires in Lestat? Uh... Yes! I don't know the other one. Do they think it's Lestat? <laughs> Lestat? Lest, Lest, whoever. Uh, no. <laughs> Something French? Louis, right? That was Brad Pitt was Louis. Was it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I remember Lestat, and I don't remember anything else. <laughs> no vampires. Just ghosts. <laughs> Just ghosts. I almost did one that involved possible vampires. Hmm. That was also in Louisiana. It was a NOLA one, but I passed on it. Okay, so um, most of the ghost information for this came from an episode of Ghost Stories that um, that's on the Travel Channel. I'm not sure if it still stories. airs or not. The Paranormal Channel. <laughs> it's not, dude, if you go through their shows, it's mostly ghost yeah. stuff, like paranormal stuff. I remember back in the day when it was like Samantha Brown would go like around the world. Mm -hmm. She was my favorite back then. <laughs> was obsessed with her show. I want her job. I do want her job. Travel channel, if you're listening, please hire us. We'll travel. <laughs> Willing to travel. To ghostly locations. Anywhere really, <laughs> but yes, ghostly locations would be a plus. We could do like a whole dark tourism show. We should just do it anyways and put it on YouTube. I'm going to stop now. You can tell your story. I'm sorry. Okay. So some of the history, well, I have two sections of history. I have history on the building, and I have history on who they th think the ghost is that haunts this courthouse. The history of the building is quite simple. I couldn't find much of anything on it at all. So in April 1910, there was what they call the Great Fire that swept through the downtown of Lake Charles. Most of the area, including the courthouse that used to stand there, they were completely destroyed. Like, everything was like... Basically, just corners and chimneys were still standing, and that's about it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was it was a big fire. We've come so far in fire safety, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's because we don't build our buildings with, like, matchsticks anymore. Well, I think the that courthouse was made out of brick. So, but I guess... But then how did it burn? All, I mean, all the interior was probably wood, but, like, the outside was brick. Oh, yeah. But it was still, like rubble like a bomb went off or something so the calcasieu parish police jury which i learned something new a police jury is the um a jury of police officers. Uh, no it's a, an elected governing body for louisiana parishes and it's like the county board huh. of commissioners in other states and so they decided uh, to rebuild on the same site of the old courthouse and the new courthouse was completed in 1912 and it held the jail and many public offices, including the district attorney and the offices of the police jury. And then starting in the 1950s, several additions were added to meet the growing needs of the parish. And eventually, new buildings were constructed to house the district attorney, the offices of the police jury, and a new prison was built instead of holding the uh, prisoners in the courthouse jail. 
1989, the courthouse was officially listed on the Federal Register of Historic Places. And I actually looked up the Federal Register of Historic Places. And it's an interesting website. And I found, like, the records for the, like, the submission for um, review to be on there and approved and stuff. (laughs) It was interesting. That's fun. Between 1993 and 1998, an extensive interior and exterior restoration and renovation was performed on the courthouse. And it now houses the clerk of courts, juvenile and family court, registrar of voters, sheriff's civil division, veteran affairs, and uh, many other offices, I guess. So there's not a whole lot of trials going on. It's just juvenile and family court in this building now. And they've built other courthouses since this one was built. I mean, I would hope so. (laughs) So now some history on the woman that is haunting this courthouse or is... Oh, it's a woman! I was Samsonite. I was way off. (laughs) Um, Her name... I was thinking all guys. <laughs> Her name was Tony Joe Henry. She was born Annie Beatrice McQuiston. Changed her name somewhere along the way. They didn't say when or why. But she got married. That's why her last name changed. So she lost her mother at a young age. I think she was about three. Didn't do too well after that. Um, ended up falling into the life of drugs and prostitution. I was going to say Satan worshiping. So, oh. well, a little better. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's what I was just having, like, an internal debate. I'm like, is that better or worse? I'm not sure. It depends on your point of view, I guess. And then she met Claude Cowboy Henry while she was working one day. They fell in love and got married, and he helped her get clean. So she was pretty happy for a time. And then their happiness was very short-lived because Cowboy was wanted for killing a police officer in Texas. Which he... uh, refrained from telling her about to be fair i probably wouldn't tell anybody about that either to be more fair i don't see myself ever killing a police officer in texas so i mean you know who am i to have an opinion on this yes well eventually that cut up to him and he was arrested and had a trial and sentenced in huntsville texas to 50 years like, I feel like everybody likes a bad boy. Okay, not everybody, but a lot of people like a bad boy, but I, that might be a little bit too bad. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. That's the line. Well, it's over the line. There are other things <laughs> <laughs> also. My standards are not <laughs> cop killer or not cop killer. Those are not my standards. <laughs> There's a bunch of other steps below cop killer that would also be automatic disqualifiers for me. <laughs> That's good. Just just so that we're all on the same page here. This is not, and I'm still laughing. It's not funny. No, not really, but I mean. It's not. Yeah, no. How Wait, how long ago did this happen? In the 40s. Oh, okay. It was late a long late 30s, ago. early 40s. Uh, Tony Joe decided that uh, she couldn't live without him. So with the help of a friend, I'm not sure if he was actually a friend because like different accounts called him a bum or a homeless guy. Other accounts called him a friend. An acquaintance. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody who owed a favor. His name was Archie Burks and uh, they made a plan together. 
The plan was to. I'm sorry. Did you say? Did you say Arky? Arky. Yeah, his name is Arky. It's a, it's a nickname. I couldn't remember. I, I saw his real name once, and I. But everyone was calling him Arky. So. Arkansas. What the fuck is that short for? <laughs> his real name. I think it's. It was not anything close to Arky. Not Archie. No, nope, no, nope, right? not Archie. Arky. <laughs> with a K? Yep, with a K. What in sweet heaven? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Arachnid? Is he a spider? Oh my god, okay. I don't know. I, why am I questioning? I don't know. It doesn't no. matter. I get hung up on the dumbest shit. Okay. Okay, so the plan was to hitchhike to Texas... Breakout cowboy, and then hitchhike back to Louisiana. Oh boy! The, no way could this possibly go wrong. Foolproof, right? Zero flaws in this plan. So, tell me how successful they were. <laughs> well, almost right away, it it went way off the plan. So, uh, February fourteenth, nineteen forty. Tony Joe. Happy Valentine's Day. So romantic. They're going to break him out on Valentine's Day. That's so sweet. Breaking a cop killer out of prison on Valentine's Day. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm clearly being sarcastic, if you couldn't tell. Okay, I'm sorry. Went off the rails. Yes, go. Tony Joe flagged down a Ford salesman named Joseph P. Calloway. Um, And I don't know what changed their minds about the hitchhiking Part, but uh, they decided they wanted Mr. Calloway's car without Mr. Calloway. So they uh, they tied him up, took him down a remote country road, made him take off all of his clothes, and oh, they wow. beat him. <gasps> you couldn't just leave the man naked in the middle of nowhere? You had to beat him up, too? Um, that's the not fuck? everything. <laughs> oh, no. Did they sodomize him as well? Oh, no. <laughs> no, not not that bad. So either Arky went back to the car and Tony Joe shot him between the eyes or Arky shot him and (gasps) Tony Joe went back to the car. Oh, did they point fingers at each other? Either way. Of course they did. I didn't do it. He Mm. did it. I didn't do it. She did it. Either way, Mr. Calloway is dead and they drive off in his car. Oh, no. Before they even get to the Texas border... They stopped at a roadhouse or bar place and uh Roadhouse. <laughs> they had several drinks and they started shooting their mouths off about killing Callaway. Fucking idiots. Okay. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? Your guy who went to the fucking bar after robbing a bank <laughs> yeah. and getting a beer and then bleeding out all over the floor <laughs> as he's drinking. Yeah, there there's idiots. some stupid criminals out there. <laughs> That's why we catch them. That's why we catch them and then laugh about them because they're idiots. Okay. Okay. Yes. So they were arrested and then taken to the Calcasieu courthouse to the jail that was in the courthouse. She ended up having three trials and was found guilty at all three. Three, for three different things or, like, just retrials? Um, like, she, is, I guess, submitted appeals, like appeals and was tried again. I guess she was very charming and, you know, like, <laughs> coaxed them into giving her another trial and another trial and another trial. 
Like her nickname was Tiger Girl. Tiger Girl? Yeah. Because she wore stripes in prison? No, she actually did not because she was like allowed like a lot of leniencies and preferential treatment. Because she was blowing the guards. That's conjecture. I don't know. For sure. I have it a little later. Okay, so she was finally sentenced to death and if she didn't have so many trials, she would have um, been sentenced to hanging. Since uh, her trials took so long, she had the uh, great fortune to have the electric chair. Yes. (laughs) I'm not, I don't know why I'm cheering for that, but um, I'm cheering because I guess correctly. (laughs) Not, not, yeah, Friar, but just, I, because I guessed it. Uh, Arky was tried separately and sentenced to death. Um, I think he got hanging though, not the electric chair. So she was given preferential treatment she you know had her own clothes she was allowed a pet she had a secretary that took care of her mail what the <laughs> fuck apparently she was very charming lady she's a witch and she even got to make a phone call to say goodbye to her husband just before going to the electric chair oh wait her husband the cop killer yeah, in texas cowboy because he only got 50 years. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, y'all are both fight. They're made for each other. <laughs> They're both pieces of shit. That's so cute. <laughs> so great. Aww. In her final days, uh, she asked to be baptized and buried with a crucifix. Oh, wow. She had a come to Jesus moment. And um, she even wrote a confession admitting that she was the shooter. And um, I think she was trying to save Arky from being sentenced to death, but it was too late. Oh, but it was too late. Oh, Arky. They had to bring in a special barber to cut all of her hair off in preparation. (gasps) And um, on her way... She doesn't catch on fire. On her way to the chair, uh, she was allowed to wear a scarf around her head to cover her baldness. But, um, you know, I guess guys wouldn't get that treatment. Well, no, because what, what guys, yeah. like, what do guys care about their hair? They're supposed to be bald anyway. <laughs> I Yeah, I guess. That's sarcasm. That's not, that's not real. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm being facetious. And at the time, there was not enough electricity in the small town of Lake Charles to power the electric chair. So generators were brought in on an 18-wheeler along with the chair. So I think the chair traveled around to different towns. There was only one. Who needs execution this week? Yeah. We'll be in your neighborhood. Save the date. I'm just picturing, like, the flyers going up, like, in the town squares. Mm -hmm. Get all your executions out of the way this weekend only. Sunday, Sunday, (laughs) Sunday. I don't know if it was a Sunday. I'm a terrible, awful person. We we have stated previously that my spot is firmly reserved in hell with my name plate on it. <laughs> I don't know if it was a Sunday, but November 28th, 1942, she became the first and only woman in Louisiana to die in the electric chair. And uh, there are varying accounts of where the execution actually took place. Some say... In the front of the courthouse. Some say it was somewhere in the back of the courthouse. And some say it was a landing in one of the stairwells of the courthouse. And that's significant later. I'm just picturing them placing this chair on a stairway landing. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's so they could feed the generator wires through the window or something. Yeah, like to run the <laughs> wires, like that's as far as they could go. So they're just like, well, I guess we won't do this in private. We'll just. Well, well, they were executions like weren't spectacles really back private, then, anyway, were right? they? <laughs> no. Well, I don't know about hangings were public. Mm-hmm. I don't know about electric chairs. Well, I mean, uh, the November twenty eighth, nineteen forty two was a Saturday. Was a Saturday, so not Sunday. <laughs> so I had the the weekend yeah. right. Well, I guess it must have been kind of like a a thing to go watch executions. Even then, yeah, that used to be I know, their entertainment. But even then, but, like I'm thinking, I don't know about nineteen forty two, but I like back in like. The 18th, like, turn of the century, mm-hmm. that was how you got your entertainment. Let's go watch the execution. Mm, lovely. So, yeah, that was everything for the history stuff. And we can move on to the hunting. Yeah, <laughs> They have some of the usual stuff, like lights flickering and cold spots in places that uh, shouldn't be cold. Electrical outlets that uh, don't work for some reason, and then they start working again with nothing being done to them. Perfume has also been smelled. They say it's a perfume from the 1940s, but I don't know if I could place a perfume from a different era. Perfume is perfume to me. You would have to know it. Like, it would have to be somebody who's like, oh, my mother used to wear that perfume. I know exactly what it Mm -hmm. is. Or my grandmother or something. And also, I have a perfume um, thing, too, for mine. But, like, we've been over that with the smells, especially in, like, you're in Louisiana, Mm -hmm. right? So it's typically pretty warm there. So when, especially if you have absorbent surfaces like wood, Mm -hmm. um, fabrics, like old drapes, old upholstered furniture, those things all absorb the scents. Mm -hmm. And if they're, like, when there's, like, a heat wave or it gets warmer or whatever, those... Objects have all absorbed the scent and the heat causes, I'm going to fuck up the scientific explanation because I'm not a scientist, you guys, but it's like heat causes the, the objects to, so like the wood particles will expand the, the fabric, you mm-hmm. know, so the scent releases yep. and then you smell it again. Um, that's just an alternative explanation. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Not saying that that's the case, but that's something to keep in mind for these yes, things. Yes, and they didn't say specifically where the perfume was smelled, um, but in the hallways definitely would be strange because most of it's marble and stone and stuff like that. And that would void my explanation. <laughs> it, it would, but if it was in the courtroom or something, because the courtroom is like wood paneling and stuff, I think. It's what it looked mm-hmm. like, and the chairs are all wooden. Yeah, usually the seats are wood, Yeah. Yeah, so if it was in the courtroom. <laughs> but even then, like, she would have had to be, like, rubbing her, <laughs> like, onto, like, every piece of furniture, right? Because it's not like you visit the room one time and your scent seeps into everything in <laughs> yeah. the room. Unless she doused herself in it all the time. <laughs> so, right. But so obviously this is not, but, like, in a courtroom that, like, there's a lot of other things happening in that mm-hmm. room. And there are other people in that room. Yeah. So for this case, that explanation would probably not be valid. It's just something to keep in mind. Oh, definitely. To try to keep that open-mindedness. Because open-mindedness does not just mean, I believe in ghosts. You're open to any possibility, right? Exactly. So you have to be open to the possibility of uh, 
not a hoax, but, well, also a hoax, but. <laughs> the possibility that there is a. Uh, Alternative explanation. A non-paranormal explanation, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the sound of phantom footsteps are heard around different places in the courthouse. On the landing in one of the stairwells, there are many accounts of hearing a woman scream. Okay, so now we have some accounts from the actual people that were interviewed on the show. So one was a custodian, and he was like the supervisor. So his name was Paul. It looked like he was talking about the floor with all, where the courtrooms were, and it looked like it was, I don't know if it was, it's considered the first floor, and the bottom is called the ground floor or whatever, but it was the second story of the building. <laughs> gotcha. So his job was to, you know, the last thing he did at night was go around, make sure all the doors were locked, all the lights were off in every um, portion up there. And then he would head to the elevator. When he would get to the elevator, he would start hearing voices behind him. But he couldn't tell what they were saying or where they were coming from. He could just hear like random conversation behind him. He knew no one was up there because he just went through and closed everything up. And this happened to him several times. Um, the first time it happened, he did go double check to make sure he didn't miss anyone or, you know, something was on and making noise. Nothing was there. No one was there. Everything was locked like he left it. In the voter registration office, they get the smell of burnt hair and the door locks itself. It's not easy to like accidentally lock it it's a key only lock oh, and it's no. a lever handle the back side of it that's like inside the office there's nothing there's not even that little it doesn't have knob. like a button or nope. anything oh. no so it's key it's key only on the outside it like the hallway side of the door so you can't accidentally bump something and yeah lock exactly it. but like someone would walk oh. through the door and it would be open mm -hmm. The next person that tries to walk through the door is locked. Wow. And then they're like, what's going on? Let me in. And then we have an account from one of the workers that works in that office, the uh, voter registration office. Her name is Brandy. The sailors say, Brandy, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> so they have this machine, this giant rotating file machine and you know that have you seen wally yeah okay, you know that thing where he keeps his extra parts and stuff that like rotates around i've not seen it that oh. recently okay so i don't know how to describe this thing wait is it in his little his little um... bunker yeah 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 and it like he rotates it around okay yeah Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay yes. So it Got kind it. of it's, it looks like that, but like different. I mean, because it holds shoebox sized file drawers. So these things are like, there's two of them that take up an entire wall and it looks like they're about six feet long each. And then they like, it's like a giant conveyor thing that goes all the way up to the ceiling down to the floor. And like, so it, it rotates. It's like too too deep like on a ro rotation thing i don't know how to else to describe it it's funky looking and i've never seen one of these things before but anyway <laughs> um so they when they come in in the morning they have to turn it on and let it go through a full rotation to start up correctly so they can use it during the mm -hmm. day 
So she did that. She came in. She turned it on. She went back through the office, turning on the rest of the lights. She came back up to the front where her desk was, and the machine was off. She went to check it to make sure, you know, it didn't short out or whatever. And it had stopped halfway through its rotation, and the switches were turned to the off position. So, like, they're, like, manual things you have to, like, move over mm-hmm. to turn it on and off. And in, in one report... It said it was operated by a key as well. Like you have to put a key in to turn it first before you turn mm. the levers. But she didn't mention mm-hmm. anything about the key. So I'm not sure if that's true or not. But either way, she got really freaked out. <laughs> and she called her manager and they had to get the only other person in the building, which was the cleaning lady, to come sit with her for a while until she calmed down. And the rest of the people that worked in the office, you know, were making fun of her for a while. Until a few weeks later. It happened to them. Two other employees were working and the file machine just started up by itself. And they went over to and they went over to look. <laughs> and no one was there. And no one was there. That's what you get, motherfuckers. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that was all for the hauntings. And there's just a couple extra things. There was a movie based on the story of Tony Joe Henry. It's called The Pardon, and it was made in 2013. Um, and when I was searching for some stuff, I came upon two um, YouTube videos of people investigating there. And one of them has an oh. EVP. Fun. And uh, the other one looks like an orb. It. It's suspect to me, but we can put it up, the links up, so people can go check them out if they would like to. The orb looks a little strange to me. Strange how? It, it like It's like a half circle, and it looks like it just, like, flies up, but it, like, it doesn't look like, like a dust orb usually does. And hmm. So maybe it's it does, an actual It orb. doesn't look as fast as a bug, but I'm not sure. And, of course, it's also on a full-spectrum camera, so it's all purple and stuff, and it looks weird. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of hard to tell. (laughs) So decide for yourself. Yeah, so that's everything for the Calcasieu Courthouse. Fun, fun, fun. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I crossed it off of my list (laughs) so that I don't accidentally do it again. Yes, I'm surprised we haven't gotten into that situation yet. (laughs) Um, I almost did that one. We almost had that situation today. Could you imagine? <laughs> be hilarious. Okay, so mine, <laughs> I had grand plans for mine, as I always do. Have you heard of the Cecil Hotel in LA? Mm, I don't think so. So you probably haven't, just don't mm. know. A long, long time ago, back in 2013, this video was going around. It was an elevator security video. The quality wasn't great. And there was a woman in there, and she was acting really weird. Mm -hmm. And I remember when it came around, because I remember so distinctly, I was working in an office, and it was late, and I was the only one there, and one of my friends sent sent me the link. (laughs) And I watched it, and it was was one of my ghost hunting Mm -hmm. friends. So, you know, the whole thing was like, oh, my God, like, she's talking to a ghost or whatever. So she wasn't. Mm -hmm. But – and that was the last thing, like, she disappeared – immediately after that like she went missing um so this was elisa lamb and if any of you guys have watched uh the documentary crime scene on netflix it's 
it's a it's a like a docu series. It's all about the the disappearance of Elisa Lamb. So she had traveled. I think she was Canadian, and she came down to LA. She was doing this whole. She was a college student. She was doing this whole traveling thing, and like she took time off from school. I think she essentially just vanished out of nowhere. And it's uh, spoiler alert. Um, it's a totally tragic ending. She was found. I think like um a couple of weeks later in the water tank on the roof of the hotel do you remember it now i think so then it became a whole thing of was it suicide was it an accident was she murdered was one of the things going around was she was possessed so the cecil hotel has like a really awful horde backstory it was the inspiration of the hotel season of american horror story Um, it's one of those hotels that was built back in the day, like, and it was uh, initially like grand and beautiful and it's like, it's now under, um, like major renovation. Somebody, somebody new bought it. They're doing a whole new thing with it, but it was like, it ended up, half of it ended up being an SRO and the other half was like kind of a hotel, but like a really shitty hotel and it's right on Skid Row in LA. So you're surrounded, like you step out the door and there's like 10 city right down the street. There are drug dealers galore, prostitution, um, bad, bad part of town, just overall, just bad. So I wanted to do that one because there had been, Oh, Richard Ramirez stayed here Mm. before he was arrested. Um, the bar was the last place. The black Dahlia was seen alive before she was found. Uh, murdered. Um, so this hotel has like, yeah, like by all accounts, it should be super duper haunted. Could not find, I know Ghost Adventure, because the documentary came out, so Ghost Adventures jumped on and did a whole thing there. And I guess that was a huge deal because that's the first, they're the first team to like officially investigate in there. That only aired on uh, Discovery Plus, which you guys, I'm not getting any more subscriptions. I'm so over (laughs) (laughs) all of this. Every single channel now I pay for like cable, but then they all have streaming services that are separate also and cost even more. And my closet door just popped open completely on its own and scared the shit out of me. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. So anyways, I'm not signing up for any more streaming services. Um, I wasn't about to jump in like headfirst into this deep dive of this hotel with only the Ghost Adventures exclusive special as any kind of paranormal evidence. So, And then as for Elisa Lamb, totally tragic, but it did turn out that um, she had a couple of issues going on and she had gone off of her meds mm. and she was having an episode and likely got um confused as to where she was and ended up on the roof and in the uh the water tank and was there for a long time and not discovered until people staying in the hotel started complaining that the water was tasting funny oh um really awful they also do an entire episode though on the synchronicity of the hotel which was fucking fascinating and mind-blowing highly highly recommend and the history of the hotel itself is fascinating uh, especially when you take into account like all the deaths and disappearances that are connected to it since the the 20s when it opened um but like nothing like no paranormal experiences that i could find at all i yelp flagged their uh their review page mm-hmm. because everybody seeing this documentary has started to come onto the review page to leave ratings and like i'm like reading them and they all first of all they're all dated before february of this year mm-hmm. 
there's only like a handful of reviews. And then all of a sudden, like February onward, there's like a bazillion reviews. They're all super low, except for like a couple will be like five stars. And the person says like, honestly, I'd really give it like three stars, but I'm trying to make up for all the people who've never stayed here who are giving it one star because of the documentary. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I so I didn't do the Cecil, but I wanted to talk about it because it's a fun topic. Um, the, 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 the deaths and disappearances aren't necessarily, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's fun to talk about. So if I didn't do the Cecil, what did I do? Well, I did the Logan Inn in New Hope, Pennsylvania. So mine is also, it should be pretty short. There's not a lot of history. The history that's here is a little bit significant, but there's not a lot of it. So New Hope, Pennsylvania, it's a super duper old town. Uh, from what I read, it sounds like most of the town might be haunted. Um, but it was it was around mm -hmm. for like the Revolutionary War old. But it's um, it's kind of down by Philly. It's like right on the board. It's like right across the river from Jersey, unfortunately. Okay. But, um, the, you know, they used to actually. OK, so the inn itself, it started out as a, a tavern. It was originally called the Fairy Tavern. It was built in 1722 by John Wells, who is considered to be the founding father of New Hope. And he, so he built this tavern and he also, it was called the Fairy Tavern because he is the one who established the ferry that would run between New Hope and New Jersey across the river. And that's hence the Fairy Tavern. Get it? Cool. Okay. <laughs> not not the kind of fairy I was thinking of when you started talking. Oh, I was no. thinking of the little flying women. Oh my god. Fairies. <laughs> I would love to go and have drinks at a fairy tavern. Does this I need this to be a place. <laughs> I am clearly if you've been around for our podcast for a little bit a little bit of time now, a little while, I think it's pretty clear that I'm not very business minded. So <laughs> I could not be trusted to open up a fairy tavern, like a, a, a flit, flit, sprinkle, sprinkle fairy tavern. Um, <laughs> but I very much would like to patron one. So if anybody knows of this anywhere in the world or in space, I'll go to Mars. <laughs> I'll go to Mars for any reason right now, actually. Send me on the next robot thing. Just pack me up. <laughs> You have those Martian fairies. Um, isn't there an episode of Supernatural about fairies? And it starts out they think it's UFOs, and people are being abducted. Oh. But it turns out it's like swarms of fairies abducting people. And Dean kills one in a microwave. Is it, uh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> I don't know about the microwave part. That doesn't sound familiar. Yes, one of them like gets into his fairies. hotel room and he traps it in the microwave and it explodes. Oh, nice! And, but he's the only one that can see them. Like Sam comes in and Sam can't see the, see it. But then we see it like oh, through Dean's right. point of view, and it's like there's like guts all over them. <laughs> was it because he was bit by one or something? I don't remember. <laughs> I can't remember why. Like there was some reason why he could see it and and Sam couldn't. Of course there's a reason why. I don't remember why though. <laughs> anyway, the fairy tavern. I I don't know if you can hear the difference. The fairy tavern versus the fairy tavern. <laughs> was built in 1722 and then in 1727 um, was established as an inn also. So you could come and eat and drink and then 
get our room for the night. Um, and it was the, it was the halfway point between Philadelphia and New York. So it was a very common waypoint for travelers to kind of stop and rest. So mm-hmm. it made sense to, um, you know, before you get on the ferry to go across the river, take a break. It is the longest operating inn in Bucks County, one of the five oldest inns in the United States. And of course, it's on the National Register of Historic Places because what isn't on the National Register of Historic Places? <laughs> the most significant piece of history that is involved with this inn is uh, the Revolutionary War. So they sheltered and aided George Washington and his troops. Um, and in the winter, they stored the dead soldiers in the basement. Oh. Because the it's winter. That's so good. So you can't uh, yeah, you can't I dig know. graves because the ground is frozen. I know you know this, but listeners in warmer climates might not think of this. Um, the ground is frozen, so you can't bury them. And it was all manual labor back then, so no heavy machinery. <laughs> so in 1776, no, no, no backhoes, no, uh, no diggers, no, uh, no jackhammers. <laughs> um, well. I was going to say, like, as a kid growing up in upstate New York, you just really hoped no pets died during the winter. Or if they were older, there was a hole pre-dug before the ground froze. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's what you get when your dad was raised in a funeral home. You just are going to have a morbid kind of life. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. But... But, like, I mean, well, I mean, I guess that makes sense, too, because then he would know to always be prepared. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, because, like, when I was thinking when I was a kid growing up, I don't remember any of that kind of stuff. The the adults in the house took care of that mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, they took care of it, but, like, I was aware, you know? Mm. I was not. <laughs> I was oblivious to this stuff. <laughs> Anyway, yes. Yeah, so the, uh, the 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 Logan Inn, <laughs> they stored the dead bodies in their basement until they could be buried in the spring after the ground thawed. Um, that was a hell of a morbid tangent. Um, and a while back, I did uh, Ham- Hamilton and Aaron Burr. They had their duel, and mm-hmm. uh, this is the tavern or inn i guess where aaron burr is said to have fled to after their duel oh so like when he like made himself scarce for a little while this is allegedly where he was hiding out and allegedly is still hiding out sometimes um (laughs) (laughs) you know what i didn't see any accounts of the ghost of george washington which i thought was kind of hmm that's a little bit surprised. He has better places to be. Surprised? I mean, obviously. <laughs> so that's my history. It's super duper short. And haunting. So we talked about this like off camera a few minutes ago, but I don't have any official investigations. Um, I couldn't find any. I did find two specific paranormal groups that were listed as having been here and having um, found evidence. However, looking at both of their websites, neither of them have any kind of findings posted. They just have the location listed as having investigated there. They have absolutely no follow-up about it. And one of the groups, even they put like a paragraph at the top of their investigations page explaining like, listen, we are fucking busy, you guys. I'm ad-libbing, obviously. They just don't have time to do the investigations 
review all of the evidence and then update the website to post the findings. And I get it. It's a lot. Like if you guys have seen our website at all in the last year and a half, (laughs) I get it. It's hard. It's, it's a lot. It's tedious. It's a lot of work, especially if you're one person doing it all. It's a lot of work. So I get it. Um, but then I don't know why this other article said two groups online with evidence posted and there's no, so I don't know what the story is there, but anyways, I've got a buttload of personal experiences for you, (laughs) which is totally fine, you know, because then I feel like you can actually go to this place and come to your own conclusion, have your own experiences. So, so I've got from hauntedrooms.com, uh, some of the claims they have listed, uh, a common one. Okay. So first of all, room six is the room to go to. If you're going to stay here, book room six, it's the most active. Um, that's what everybody seems to agree on. Like there were a few like visitor reviews that were like, I stayed in there and nothing happened. But all the other accounts that I found have almost all of them have been in room six. It's uh, also known as Emily's room. So this hotel or this hotel, this inn, uh, was in a family for a few generations. And so Emily is the mother of the previous owner. Okay. So Emily's offspring, I guess, ran the inn for a while. And for whatever reason, the inn was passed off to somebody else okay. who now own it. Does that make sense? So Emily's Emily would be the second generation of the last owners because they had it for three, I think. Okay. So the first thing, if you're a woman staying in room six, you have a leg up because women in there often, my favorite thing ever, will be standing in front of the bathroom mirror and a man will be standing behind them. No. No. And then they turn around and no one was there. Uh, The next one is my absolute favorite, favorite thing because it takes all of my favorite things and puts them together. Yeah. apparitions of two children also oh. seen in the mirror have been oh. reported <laughs> nice so it's a boy and a girl and uh they're in like kind of colonial uh dress mm-hmm. and um i guess they just stand there <laughs> and they actually might be related to a story that i'll get to oh at the end are they holding hands and not blanking not specified, but those were two <laughs> girls who you are thinking of, and they were in a hallway. So? <laughs> Not in a mirror. Let two identical twin girls holding hands, not blinking, show up in my mirror. I will call a priest so fucking fast. They probably won't come, but I'll call them. <laughs> they'll be like, when was your last confession? And I'll be like, I don't know. 25 years ago and they'll just laugh and be like huh, good luck <laughs> when was the last time you added to the collection plate i don't know never okay good luck with that kid yep that's how <laughs> that conversation goes also in room six a mysterious white mist that sometimes forms and is believed to be emily for whom the room is now named also blamed on emily she likes to pull pillows out from beneath uh heads while you're asleep rude so you'll just wake up <laughs> yeah i mean right one of the one of the there are a few um a few different places that this was noted and one of the writers said in parentheses from under all the snorers maybe <laughs> <laughs> like, god damn it 
look at your sinuses checked taking this pillow unexplained crying which also uh may or may not tie into a later story the same one with the kids and then the scent of lavender which i touched on earlier it it's mostly smelled in the lobby and one of the theories was that it's coming from a picture of a couple the woman of which was emily emily lutz so it was the lutz family that owned uh this inn for a gen- for a few generations um so there's a picture of a couple um and the woman is emily and that hangs in the lobby and for some reason people smell lavender and think it's coming from the picture Hmm. So I don't know if it's like more concentrated over there. I don't know where exactly in the lobby this picture is hung, but there are other areas in the inn where the lavender has been scented as well. And they believe that it just means that Emily is nearby or was just nearby. But again, like with yours, with the scents, um, how porous surfaces can absorb that and release it years and years later. Mm -hmm. Um. Of course, nothing was specified, like, does this happen at certain times of year? Does it happen more in the summer? Because then that would be an indication that that's the, the heat is causing yeah. the particles to expand and, and release the scent. From hauntedhouses.com. So we had hauntedrooms.com, and now we're on to hauntedhouses.com. <laughs> Aaron Burr's apparition has been seen or reportedly been seen. No other details about that, though. Uh, a man in revolutionary warm, warm, wow, revolutionarily warm. <laughs> a man in a revolutionary war uniform. He's seen commonly in the bar, the dining room, and the basement, which also happen to be the oldest parts of the inn. And the basement makes sense because. If he mm-hmm. was one of the soldiers that was stored down there for a while. So his story, though, there is a theory behind him, but it sounds sketchy as all fuck. Um, the The story goes, he was thrown in with all the bodies, but mm-hmm. was actually still alive, woke oh. up, and then started, like, screaming for help, but nobody heard him, so then he died. I have oh. several issues with the story. It makes for a fun ghost story. Yeah. But I've got several issues with it. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm just giving you the information and you can decide what to believe, I, I suppose. Um, but I think it's bullshit. I think it's just a fun story. <laughs> um, but he, uh, but he's, so those three places and they're the oldest parts of the inn, which would have been around during the revolution. But he looks what happens with this guy is he looks solid and real mm. to the point that if you see him, you might think he's like a, a reenactor, okay. but he only like after anybody has noticed him, he has only stuck around for like a couple of seconds and then just vanishes. Like he's just gone. Like that dude in my room that time that like I blinked and then he was just gone. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he, uh, he leaves behind a cold spot. Hmm. Like a really cold, cold spot. So you you won't think that you're hallucinating, I guess, maybe? Because then you'll feel cold where he was. Uh, there is another revolutionary soldier. Is that what you call them? A revolutionary soldier? A revolutionary so. war vet. <laughs> I'm a veteran. Oh, yeah, which war? The Revolutionary War. <laughs> That'd be a hell of an EVP session. Holy shit. This guy is seen on the second floor and he has no head. 
Oh. And <laughs> they're not sure if that's just because that's the way he manifests. Because it takes, like, this dude that looks solid that's downstairs, like, that takes a hell of a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. So the, the we're not sure, I say we, but you know what I mean. We're not sure if he just doesn't have the energy to manifest fully or if he somehow lost his head in life mm-hmm. or in, in death. Yeah. Was killed when he lost his head. Because you can't be alive and lose your head. Yes. You're not alive <laughs> after that. Um, so they don't know. They don't know if he's like, if he was beheaded or something, or Mm -hmm. if he's just not, he just doesn't have the energy to fully form. He hangs out on the second floor, a Hessian soldier who, if you, if you don't know, if you want all the real info, Google it. Um, it's, (laughs) but they were German soldiers that like fought with the British during our, uh, revolution. So he's seen in the basement no one really is sure why he's here because he obviously was the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the theories are he was killed by Washington's troops and they didn't want to disrespect him by leaving his body out. So put, like put him in the basement with our mm-hmm. guys, which would be honorable. Mm-hmm. Um, or if he died some other reason, like by exposure or animal attack or whatever, and like nearby, mm-hmm. and this was just like a close structure that like his spirit gravitates to, or if he was killed by Washington's troops and left out there, but was close enough, that same story, uh, unknown. And you know, it's so long ago, we'll never know, yeah, but, yeah. um, <laughs> Those are the uh, those are the theories, and he's he's just seen in, down in the basement. And it doesn't really sound like he does much; just hangs out. And so then I took a page out of your book, Mel, and went on TripAdvisor, <laughs> <laughs> and I've got there were a fair number of this place is haunted, but really only like two solid ones. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take ex- excerpts, excerpts, excerpts. I hate that word. I'm going to take portions from these two reviewers. So Paul stayed in room 19 back in October of 2017. And the part of his review that we care about, (laughs) he Mm -hmm. says, we didn't notice anything odd until I was awakened by soft tapping on the other side of the bed. I looked over and it stopped. A few minutes later, the tapping became louder. I looked over again and it stopped again. I turned over and it started again. So I got up and checked that side of the bed and said, Okay, I know you're here, but I need to get some sleep. It stopped for about 10 minutes, and I was almost asleep when I felt pressure on my chest like someone was laying on me, and it became freezing cold, Mm. which my first thought was, oh, cool, sleep paralysis. But then he goes on to say, I got up and went to the bathroom. Oh. (laughs) when, When I went back to bed, it was fine the rest of the night. So if you were having sleep paralysis, you wouldn't be able to just get up and go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You'd be kind of stuck there for a little bit until your body catches up with your brain. And then Carly stayed in room six in mm-hmm. March of 2013. So we're throwing it way back now. And her <laughs> – this is fun. If you're there to relax, don't book room six. <laughs> <laughs> it's very active with what we were told was the spirit of former owner Emily. Playful things, such as tugging on a blanket, a tap on my foot, 
turning our heater up and down. Um, she had more, but most of it, she just kept alluding to this video evidence that they got, that they found in the morning. Like they set up cameras or something. And then in the morning they, they reviewed it and had something, but never went into any kind of detail about it. Didn't say anything about where this could be viewed. If it could be viewed at all, Mm. like just not even like we got video evidence of blah, 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 just our video evidence. She mentioned it a few times. I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, I don't know, but what was your video evidence? But, but the, they did have the tugging and the, the tap on her foot and the, the, the heat. That was another one, um, that had been mentioned. I didn't write it down because it was mentioned several different places, but one of those generalities of the heat kind of, but it's also an old building. So it's like, well, Mm -hmm. is that just how the heat works in that building? Um, but that apparently is a common thing. And I only saw it mentioned in this room as well. I didn't see it mentioned in the rest of the building. So Hmm. that leads me to believe that if it's specific to that room, there might be something else going on there. Uh, and then one reviewer did mention possibly smelling the previous owner's perfume in the lobby, quote unquote, which I would assume would be that lavender scent, but Mm -hmm. I didn't like include the whole thing because it just was so like, it could be any thing or there was no other information given about it. Like Mm -hmm. where there are a lot of people in the lobby, you know, like were you just smelling somebody else's perfume or lotion or something? Yeah. And then weirdus.com. So this is the website that they do. Like they have like little books for every state. And I know somebody, somebody had sent us something it was so long ago. I'm sorry. I don't remember who you were or what it was about, but it was, um, and I'm not sure that we ultimately ended up using it. Um, cause you guys, I love, love, love when you guys send us stuff like cover this one, cover that one. What about this one? Um, oh, I heard about this one in my town. So many of those, if we don't use them, I researched them all. And if we don't end up using them, it's usually because there's just not enough. Um, there's just not enough accounts or enough, uh, stories about it. One, somebody sent us one for the Danvers State Hospital, which I've been trying for like a year now to make something of, but there's just nothing. There's just no information about it because mm-hmm. it's not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, you know, it closed, they tore it down and I think it's like condos or something now. So mm-hmm. there's just like, there's, I, I couldn't find anything. And then even when it was up, that was one of the things was they had security. Nobody could really get in there because it was so closed off. People were like paranormal investigators were trying to sneak in. They'd end up getting arrested. So, mm-hmm. so anyways, so somebody sent us something for um, a while ago from Weird Pennsylvania. So like each of the every state has its own like weird book, and oh, like yeah. that's the brand. So Weird US, I guess, is like their website, and then it's broken down by state. So on this website. Uh, there's a cool article about the inn. So before when I talked about um, the crying and the little kids might actually tie into this other story. Mm-hmm. So this story dates back to 1946. Okay. There was an annual street fair um, that would be held in the parking lot of the Logan Inn. And it would go for like a long weekend, right? So like the first night is Thursday and it would close up on Sunday and then come back next year. Mm-hmm. Parker Den was reading palms uh, out there. They had like a tent set up and everything. And he and his customers heard this um, 
this like super loud, like hysterical, like screaming, sobbing, crying, like a little kid, like in hysterics Mm -hmm. somewhere like in the vicinity of um, the parking lot, the street corner or whatever. So, you know, you hear a child in distress like that. Of course, you're going to get up and be like, what's going on? Is somebody murdering you? Where's your parent? Like what's happening? So they go out and look around and not only are there no crying children nearby, there are no children nearby. Wow. Nobody's upset. Nobody's crying. There's no kids. It's just the street fair going on. So he, Parker, I guess, was so kind of upset by it that he just called it for the night and closed up shop and was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go home. Try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So the same thing happened the next night. Oh. Um, yeah. So they ended up like getting like, you know, the crowd was like looking around and there's nobody. So then the the fair that weekend ends, the fair packs up and leaves. The crying is not heard again. Until a year later when the street fair comes back. Hmm. And the exact same thing starts happening again. So now it's become like a um not a game, but like the, it's become like its own event. Like yeah. all of the fairgoers are trying to find this like hysterical sobbing crying child. Um, and, of course, nobody ever did. After that, they never held the fair in that location again, and the crying was never heard again. Wow. So that's why I say, like, maybe those kids and the mm-hmm. crying that happened in room six, maybe that's all tied in to the crying kids that were heard outside that were never found. And they, those kids are dressed in, like, colonial mm-hmm. um, period clothing. So it's like, you know, what did um, – there was one theory – that I saw that said uh, a little girl may have fallen to her death into the river. That's right there. Mm-hmm. And so, like that could like that could be her, or one of them could be her. But you know, a creepy thing that happened. Um, and then my last one. So I've got no date on this, but Ryan and Jeff stayed in room six. They brought. So Ryan wrote up this article, and it's him and his BFF Jeff, and they went to stay. And he said they brought, like, some basic equipment, an audio recorder, camera. Um, I don't think they even had, like, any kind of, like, EMF meter or anything. Like, just basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were going for the – oh, and a textbook on parapsychology. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the um, they called her the proprietor, but the, um, the woman working the front desk, apparently – he didn't mention which book it was that he had – but the woman working the front desk is mentioned in the book. So they were, like, super excited to go and, like, talk. And I guess they had been talking to her for a little while. So <laughs> when they came in to, like, check in, like, she knew who they were and they knew who she was and everything. So it sounds like they were pretty eager and, like, excited about it. But they didn't really expect to catch anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go to the room. They set up all their stuff. They leave. They go to dinner. When they come back, the far wall of their room is sporting a wet handprint hmm. that seems to have, like, kind of, like, elongated fingers. Yeah. On its own, it's weird, but it's not really anything, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I guess Jeff is, like, inspecting the handprint, and then Ryan is, um, he's picked up the recorder, and he's describing what they found into the recorder. And as he goes to play it back, just as Jeff is reaching out, and he's about to touch the handprint, and then Ryan's playing back the recording, and there is an, a quote, an inhuman, raspy sigh seemed to float off the tape. 
<laughs> hmm. um, so they both freaked out. And then they tried to debunk it, right? They tried, The first thing you do when you get something, you try to recreate it, right? Because mm-hmm. if it's recreatable, it's probably not paranormal. So they're, they're recording in different places in the room. They're making different noises, trying to recreate it. They even point the recorder out at traffic, thinking mm-hmm. like maybe it was like a car went by or something. Nothing came close. They could not recreate this sound. After that, they... Uh, <laughs> They didn't want to stay there. <laughs> so they did everything that they could to stay out, like, as late as they could. So they're out on the town, like, all night. They went for drinks. They were walking around. Everything that they could to not go sleep in this room. Mm-hmm. But they finally gave up, like, 4.30 in the morning, went back to the room. But then he's, they just laid there and they didn't sleep. And, like, as soon as, like, it was time for breakfast, they were up and out. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, like, you know... We were we were eager, but we ne- we didn't expect to actually experience anything. Mm-hmm. So it was it was all fun and games until it was real, and then they were yeah. shitting themselves. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, not a whole lot of uh, substantiated like evidence or anything like that. But I think it's fun. It looks super cute. I would still go stay there regardless. I definitely want to stay in room six. Um, the food looks amazing. I think their restaurant is closed right now. Uh, when I pulled up their website, um, they had lots of pictures of delicious looking food, but then they had like a COVID thing at the top saying Mm. that they, uh, had decided that it was in their best interest to, uh, take a pause until the crisis is passed. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess they're not doing takeout. I don't know if that applies to the inn or just the uh, the tavern portion. Um, okay. It looks like the inn is – it looks like you can still stay there. And it might just apply to, like, the bar restaurant. But if not, hey, you've got uh, post-COVID plans now. Cats and COVID, cats and COVID, cats and COVID. <laughs> That's going to be our new theme song. Cats and COVID, cats and COVID, cats and COVID. Twerk it, girl. No. That should never have been invented. Helena twerks. I'm kidding. She doesn't. (laughs) She shakes her booty, though. She definitely shakes her booty. Her fat bottom makes the world go round, all right? (laughs) My girl's got junk in her trunk. And she knows how to work it. She This girl does. She does. I swear to God, this cat is fucking... She's like, look at my booty. And then Henry comes up and is like, can I lick it? And she's like, yeah, man. And she picks up her tail and he goes all in. And I, I, I can't condone that. I can't. I've seen what comes out of there. Can't get down with that. So that's the Logan Inn in New Hope, Pennsylvania. Oh, Good. Not too bad. Why are you laughing at me? Because I went from cat, cats eating ass to to that's the Logan Inn. Yes. That's exactly why. That's not an acceptable segue. I thought I did that transition like super smooth. No. I got to work on that still. Okay. Thanks for the feedback, kid. It was great. <laughs> it's not in the way you probably meant it. <laughs> I guess we're not winning any podcast awards. What are there podcast awards? A I was potty? gonna say <laughs> potty. Does it look like a toilet? I mean, I would absolutely display that on my shelf. I want a potty. It'd be like a puffa pod. 
<laughs> is that a real thing or that's a Harry Potter plant, right? That's not real. So that's all for episode 56 then. We're done. In yeah. the can. Hey, check out our social media if you haven't already, if it's your thing. If it's not, then don't do it. But if it is, <laughs> hey, we're on Facebook, My Favorite Haunting. We have My Favorite Haunted Group, the home of the Paranormies. You do have to request acceptance, but I'll give it to you. Um, <laughs> and there are no other requirements. Uh, no membership fees. Uh, just a couple seconds of your time every day, I guess. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are both my fave haunting, F-A-V, haunting. And um, I think that's it. Hey, so thanks for potting with us. Bye.